welcome to another episode of the Ignite Project podcast. I know you're super excited for another episode, and we have a really good one. There's going to be a lot of laughter on this one. I can promise you that. So if you're greeting papers, turn us on and tune in. If you're in the car, we know you're jamming out, but let's be honest, you still want to listen in to us because we're your favorite podcast. <laughs> um, but today we have a guest, another guest from North Lakeland Elementary. So we are repping that north side of Lakeland. I know they're super excited. I expect the entire staff to tune in. We will be checking in with that. But today we have Seth McGee. Seth, Thank so good you. to have you. It's so good to be here, Mallory. I was telling everyone, uh, I was telling Seth, but I'm going to tell everybody this and admit that I have secretly followed you on social media, <laughs> <laughs> admiring what you do in a classroom. And you know, I get asked all the time, like, are those stories like all real? Like, this is really the real life of <laughs> teaching of like kindergarten through fifth. So fan. maybe we can turn that into a TV reality show. Absolutely. I, I would saying? totally be down for that. <laughs> so Seth, I know you are working at North Lakeland Elementary. You're a music teacher, but there's so much more than that. So tell us a little bit about yourself for those who may be meeting you for the first time. It's true. You know, people hear the title of like music teacher and they think, well, you must just sit in a circle and sing with <laughs> children all day. <laughs> you know, yes. And there's so much more yeah. to it than that. So there is obviously singing in the vocal pedagogy, but there's also world instruments and there's yeah. also movement and kinesthetic and there's drama and there's storytelling. And it really touches on a lot of the areas of the humanities. Yeah. So, yeah. How long have you been a music teacher? So this is my 10th year. I have okay. served all 10 years at North Lake Canal. Yes. I know I just have that like Tolkien-esque elf face, but <laughs> but this is actually my 10th year teaching. <laughs> That's crazy. And I, when I left, I had 10 years too at basically nine yes. of those years at one school. I started at one school and transitioned out, but long story short, that's awesome because you don't get to meet a lot of people who do that. Yes. It's amazing. And, and it's, it really saddens me sometimes to see how, how quick the turnover yeah. has become is, you know, I'm still very passionate about our field, yeah. but yes. And to be in one place for 10 years, you get a chance to really see the kids grow up, to be in involved oh, with the families. I see substitute teachers come back now who are former students and I'm like, the audacity. You know, to, to, to now be old enough to be a substitute teacher. What I'm is like, that doing I'm to me? I'm offended that yes. you're old enough to, to yes. do that. I know, I can resonate that really well. Yes. <laughs> All right, so with that being said, one thing that really struck a chord with our department bringing you in is not only your personality, but how you are building relationships with your students on a day-to-day -day basis. Like you said, I think we just had our guest Robin Hamrick on and she's a yes. kindergarten teacher for 19 years Ugh. but it's easy to form you these like misconceptions or generalize things because we haven't experienced what you've experienced and um, I want everyone to know how awesome you are oh, so well, I want to hear a little bit about the fact of like when I first came across you yes you did a reenactment of Hamilton yes. as the king that was so like my two like seconds normal? of being viral <laughs> <laughs> so do you do stuff like this to engage your students all the time. I'm sure you do. It's a big part of it. So yeah. I always tease my colleagues and say too, there's like the K2 Mr. McGee and there's like <laughs> okay. the 3-5 Mr. McGee. So yeah. like K2 Mr. McGee is very Fred Rogers and very okay. nurturing and I have a lot of like story time buddies and, and books and we read and we sing and we move and then with my older kids it's like it's fist bumps and it's Fortnite <laughs> references and it's you know right. it, if you really buy into their culture you are opening a gateway to sure. learning you know. And yes. I think you have such a, a big feat because you have kindergarten all the way to fifth. I do. And that yes. is crazy to me because number one, <laughs> I know how to connect to fifth graders, but yes. I'm just like, uh, 
when you have to do that on a day-to-day and the ages, you're like, you just left fourth grade and now all of a sudden you got kindergarten. Yes. And my schedule actually is like that this year where I do leave like fourth grade and go straight into first grade. Is that hard for you to switch? It it was at first, but you you do kind of get used to it after a while that it it is just like separate aspects of your persona almost. And and I think too, when you realize that the core basic needs of all of our students Mm. is they just want to feel accepted. They just want to feel loved. They need that safe space. And that's what I love about music is it's so easy for that to naturally mm-hmm. become that safe space for our students. I'm so, so glad you yes. brought that up <laughs> because um, I you don't know this about me because of course we just met in yes. person even yes. though I've been following even though we you. digitally have been friends. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I played drums for like 13 plus years, and my family was absorbed in music, oh, awesome. and we may have struggled in communication with words, <laughs> but music was such an important part of my life. Yes. And so when you talk about students and I know this like years and years of research shows that when you have a child being able to tap into that social emotional learning with music and arts, there is a greater possibility of an increase academically because through that they're able to express not only emotions and kind of what they're feeling, but there is a form of way of communicating. So tell me a little bit about some experiences, maybe stories or something that you'd like to kind of add on with that. Yeah, and I think what's so great about that is that for a lot of our colleagues, when Mm -hmm. we try to integrate social emotional learning, it's like, well, how do I fit this one more thing into the 10,000 things that teachers are already doing. And when you're teaching the arts, it's such a natural fit. You know, when we're doing music, when we're doing drama, it's so collaborative. So one thing I have my students do, because we like real stories, right? Is we play a game called Rock Around the Clock. Where in my, because I'm in a very title one school and I, you know, don't have a whole classroom set instrument of, you know, or for a whole classroom set instrument of drums or a whole classroom set Mm. instrument of this. So what I do is I make a big clock in the room and I'm like, okay, a drum over here and orf over here and this. And we make this whole giant clock face, which is a great cross curricular (laughs) Um, (laughs) And as as, exactly a nice little math check off there. Um, But then we can say, okay, now you're going to move to one. You're going to do the the, the orf. Now you're going to move to the two o'clock position. You're going to do the drums. And we can naturally go through the concept of taking turns. We can go through collaboration of are you leaving space for the other students to play too. I love working in the concept of harmony as a musical term, also with how my kids interact with each Uh, other, that we can all live in harmony. I see what you did there. Yeah. (laughs) So it really works its well and very nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a particular story of a student um, getting to know them and how your um, music and what you've done within your art, uh, like your music class has made an impact on their emotions or how their behavior? I'm thinking of so many, but there's one that I have to go back to my first year teaching. So I'm I'm stretching back. But this also gives us a a chance to see the after effects too. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a student, we're just going to call him Todd. And Todd was was one of my very special needs students. Mm -hmm. And he had some challenges in the way he did communicate, yeah. but he was such a sweet kid and he was so into the arts. Yeah. And it was at that time, this was the pre-COVID world, uh, where I had <laughs> oh, my after school dra- I know. <laughs> where I had my after school drama club. And Todd did not get an opportunity to be involved in a lot of stuff, but yeah. doggone it, he was gonna be involved in drama. I yeah. just knew we were gonna reach him that way. Um, and I got news from his dad a couple years back. It made my heart sing that he was at Harrison now. What? And that he was doing like a th- yes, and he is still the arts are still oh a big part of his life. And he still credits that experience of being wow. able to be involved in that group and do those things yeah. with his love of staying in school. And yeah. that's what it's about. We're trying to keep kids in school. We're getting that yeah. graduation rate up. We're getting, we're getting <laughs> kids right, to be Polk successful. County yes, school. Polk County's yeah. on its way. So <laughs> I think it's so powerful, too, because it's very difficult, especially as a teacher, to see the growth and impact that you make. Yes. Because you're immersing yourself, like you said, in 
all the things every day. You're taking yes. on secondary trauma. You're taking on all these other things. And so we don't realize that every word we say, everything we do, what we're passionate about is feeding yes. into them in some shape or form. Yes. So being cautious and aware of, I have them 180 days. And within those 180 days, it can ultimately shift to where they are now focusing on that, not just maybe a career, but they're just developing this passionate insight of like, yes. this is what I love. And I don't know where it's going to take me, but this is what I love. Yes. And being able to associate that back to the memory of the fact that even it was your first year, because I know as a yes. first year teacher, you're like, it's terrifying, I'm right? Not, so all these new teachers Y'all out there. Y'all can do it. Yes. Listen to us. <laughs> not all the time, but listen to us. Because a lot of what new teachers have been talking to lately yes. is they don't feel like they're making a difference because they're they have all the things to do and all the checklists and they're not able to get this this footing right yes but we're here to tell you that with plenty of practices and that resilience of just understanding that it's about the kids yes and how you can pour into them from a day to day is all that really is like what you can focus on and in you that know moment. i think sometimes too with new teachers you don't even see what a difference that you're making right it really becomes a not seeing the forest for the trees kind yeah. of a thing because you're so caught up in are my lesson plans right. updated and did i get an sao goal and is the SAO yes. goal measurable and all the things that yeah. we're doing, you know, and you're completely missing that just that kind word you mm -hmm. said, just that, you know, sometimes being there and, and having a granola bar ready for the kid who's hungry, yeah. you know, the, those little things for us took five seconds out of our day and then yeah. now we're back on to thinking about we're something dressing else. Up as right? king <laughs> exactly. We're dressing up as King George. Um, oh but my those things stick with yes. kids, you know? Yes. It, it really does. And I think that's the important factor of, some people may see that as fluff. Yes. And we've seen, and in all transparency, people don't necessarily see as much of a benefit of the arts and music and it's what true. it can do in the long run. Yes. But the reality is, is like if we take that out, Oh, there no. forms of expression and the social emotional learning yes. it's it's gonna cripple us yes. and so to be able to just keep, see these kids whether like teaching them specific things that we feel like are like man they may use this or yes. not could definitely end them up in Harrison and, <laughs> and you know one of the things I think about too and I would encourage all of you know we got first year teachers watching hopefully yeah. and maybe some are in the Fingers arts and say, yes <laughs> and maybe some are in the arts yeah. as well is that you know we tend to think of what are our classes as arts teachers offering to students who may not spend a career in the arts. That's mm -hmm. one thing I often say to yeah. my my interns that I work with. Um, what are you offering to a student who doesn't want to be a music teacher that's and stuff so like that? Yeah. And you know, one of the things I think that's really important to realize is you look at like Bloom's Taxonomy. Teachers, we love Bloom's Taxonomy, right? <laughs> yes. When you get to the top of the taxonomy, yeah. you're dealing with like creation and synthesis. So every occupation, every person who's yeah. going to pursue education in any any right. form is going to need to have some knowledge of creation and synthesis. And we do that mm -hmm. naturally. Yeah. You know, we keep that alive in some ways. And in a world where we sometimes see some of our colleagues in the classroom get less creativity than they used to. Mm -hmm. We are still kind of the bastions of yeah. creativity going on. And so I that's where it. I think we really do provide that wonderful yeah. learning opportunity. That's such a good, and I never even thought about it that way. Yes. I always think about Again, because I'm an analyzer, it's so it, I've dabbled in music and I'm creative, but I'm more of like a structural analyzer. So I'm yes. like, if I don't see it benefiting what I am doing or trying to accomplish, I'm more likely to just say like, meh, yes. you're gonna cut it. <laughs> but at the same time, it's so cool just to see and hear about the conversations your kids have with you yes. and have what they experience in your classroom, and that that makes a tremendous impact. So I definitely will say on behalf of our 
our department. Thank you for what you do on a day to day. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me. And it is so much about relationship yeah. building. So let's yes. let's circle back. Let's yes. say if you could go back and tell your first year self, and I, we've posed this question a little bit before, so it's always funny. You brought up the first year, so I'm going to circle did, back to yes. that. I did, yes. First year teachers, especially in today's culture, are going back and saying, okay, first year Seth, what is something, a valuable piece of information that you would just like pour into them? You know, I just had this conversation with colleagues <laughs> yesterday. I'm so glad you brought that because I'm like, I'm ready for this one. Um, so one of the things I think that our first year teachers should really know, and that I would tell first year Seth if I could go back, is we tend to teach like the last the last teacher that we had and for mm -hmm. most of us it was a professor and yeah. we tend to think of our college professors we tend to be very lecture heavy we tend to teach a lot right. and I remember when I first started I was so eager to get it right right we all are we're oh, so yeah, we're, we're so eager to get it right yes. and I wanted everything perfect I wanted you know this is going to happen in this 10 minute block and this is going to happen well, in this 10 like minute to get block A's and get yes. it right too so <laughs> right? We're, we're it's going to be perfectly segmented and I think the thing that I've become more comfortable with as a mm -hmm. veteran teacher is that I, I now when I work with my interns, I talk about the bucket method. Uh, I talk about like, you know, if I'm going to address a standard, let's say I'm talking about how to teach a rhythmic pattern, right. I'm going to have a singing activity on how to address that standard. I'm going to have a movement activity on how to address that standard. I'm going to have an instrument activity on how to address that standard. And you have to be able to understand the, the needs of the class as it's happening in yeah. real time. Yeah. Sometimes my kids come in and they've been sitting testing all day <sighs> and they are squirrely and they're ready to move. And so they're more likely to misbehave. Yes. And you've got to be ready for that. Exactly. Yeah. So are we going to let that cauldron just sit there and fester and let the misbehavior come? Or are we going to let them blow off some steam in a productive right. way? So I start pulling out those movement activities. And sometimes they might move for like 20 minutes, man, but we're still addressing the standard. Right. Or I might have another day where a class comes in and they're just they're just done. They're just right. coming from PE. You know, I do my first movement activity and I'm like, and two people moved. So then I'm like, okay, let's move into like a, some time where we're going to really take advantage of this kind of chill vibe. Yeah. We're going to sing. We're going to do some listening analysis. We're going to talk about Mozart and Beethoven yeah. and, you know, get a chance to make it cool and relevant to them. Yeah. So I think a lot of times, it, for whatever you're teaching, whether it's music, whether it's math, you can take that standard mm. and you can come at it from a hundred different ways. Sure. Yeah. And if you come at it and you've already got a couple of different options, like in your bucket, yeah. and your kids are just not feeling option A, you've got a you couple more things to pull out of yes. rather than just being like, okay, well now we're descending into anarchy. Right. Yes. And don't feel <laughs> defeated if option A doesn't work. Correct. Or B. Yes. Or C. You <laughs> can't be afraid to fail in this yeah, line. Or you you've got to try new things or yeah. else, or else we're passing that on to our kids. They're yes. not afraid. to. They're becoming afraid to try it because they see us that yeah. way. So what I hear yes. you saying is like, number one, new teacher or first year teacher, we want to basically address the needs of the whole child. Correct. And we want to do that to where maybe at first you're not going to be great at knowing how to pull things out of your yes. bucket. But that's why we are, we're a huge advocate in our office of like you plan from A to Z, yes. all these different options so that you're ready to go and be prepared. Yes. And that takes time at first, right? But once yes. you're developing those strategies and sharpening your like your skills, your lightsaber, your sword, whatever you want to call it <laughs> as, um, yes. then you're more ready to adapt and react and respond to whatever is happening live in yes. your classroom. And you know, too, I think it's so important as teachers are starting out, too, and they're so nervous about the pedagogical uh, aspect yeah, yeah. of it. Yes. <laughs> but you realize, too, the kids can tell when you care. Oh, They can sure. tell when you care. They're and the best lighters. Detectors, exactly, <laughs> and when you're there and you care, I mean, I remember when I first started out, and there were days I was teaching that lesson. I'm like, I don't think I did that right, but there were yeah. kids were just gonna go anywhere, like it's okay, Mr. McGee, you know. We're my gonna, yes. favorite times are when I just opened up, and you know, even more so, you teach fifth grade too. So yes, where they they like will give you the look, oh, and they're they will. just. I feel like they look into your soul, and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm more scared of them than my people my own age. 
But um, I would just be super transparent and be like, you guys, I worked hard on this and I feel like it's flopping and I'm so sorry that it's yeah. not working out as like excitingly as I thought it was going to. And they would look at you just the kind of size and like, it's okay. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. And, and it like, I wish the, I could respond that way. It breaks the ice because then it makes yeah. it okay when their effort doesn't work out because right. they feel like you're not going to judge them so right. harshly. And you say, you're... remember when I messed up? Yes. Like, it's okay. We in the same boat together. I, <laughs> I said that all the time. Yeah. I'm like, Mr. McGee messes up too. It's okay. Right. So. Right. For sure. Um, okay. So I have one final question for you. Yes. And we ask all of our guests this. I love it. Um, so I'm sure you've heard it. Um, but if you could pick one area in education to really drive and spark a change, ignite a shift, what would it be? You know, I thought about this before coming <laughs> to, to visit with you today. And there's, you know, there's so many great worthy oh, answers to that question. Sure. But for me, and I feel like this is going to at first seem like a, like an, oh, a, like a patent, like music answer, but I do think creativity is the mm -hmm. thing that I would want to change. And to unpack that a little bit, because that's the future. Mm -hmm. That's the rose. When yeah. you look at the research, you realize we are training children for jobs that don't exist yet. Exactly. We are training children for fields that have not been developed right. yet. And if all we're teaching them how to do is to, you know, just do things by rote, to do things by memorization, to do right. things the way we've always done it. So we'll say yeah. it that way. If we're not giving them those creative skills, then all we will ever go to is all we've ever been to. Yeah. You know, we've got to teach them how to think outside the box, how to be creative. And I know that sometimes that's easier for us in the arts than for those of you who are doing math and reading and science and <laughs> hey, history. Hey, it can be done because I talk But math. it can it be can done. Be done. <laughs> it can be done. Yes. For sure. And I, I I, will lean into that and say I echo that immensely. We need students to, to show us new things yes. that, don't, that we've never seen before. And even when math happens, I mean, it was crazy enough. You, you give them an answer and tell them to find some ways to come up to that answer and all these different strategies. And even a math teacher knows that students can teach you oh, a yeah. thousand different ways. But allowing that safe place to happen and open those doors, I think it's really hard nowadays with students dealing with so many things that we oh, yes. we wouldn't even have talked about when oh, we were yes. kids. And so being able to have that safe place and an opportunity to express themselves in a way that they're able to communicate some new creative ways or generate new things that have never been done before and just teaching them and it's okay. Yes. It's okay to fail. It's okay to talk about this. It's okay to approach it this way. Um, it can make a measurable difference. I agree. In a systematic Oh, yes. <laughs> Again, <laughs> we are, we're, we're shaping the future here, Mallory. That's I fully believe right. that. Stay tuned because yes. we might develop something off of this. <laughs> Well, Seth, as is a pleasure finally meeting you face to face. Of course, face. I'm so glad I'm to meet you. Continuing yes. to be admiring you and following you on social media. Thank but you. Now I can actually see put you a bit. face to the to the crazy statuses. <laughs> yes, it's, that way, I'm like, hi, Seth, remember me? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. <laughs> but it was a pleasure having you, and um, thank you for taking the time out of your day. Thank to you share so with much us. for having me. It was a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. You can subscribe to the Ignite Project on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or watch online at the Polk County Public Schools YouTube channel. To learn more about the Ignite Project and other Polk County Public Schools podcasts, go to polkschoolsfl.com forward slash podcasts.